Welcome to Out of Chaos Podcast, a discussion-based podcast where we try to make sense of the chaotic world we live in. We talk about life, business, and we talk about self-development. Let's open our mind to greatness and grow together. We have some valuable content to share with you all, so stay with us until the end. And remember, you could always share your thoughts and ideas with us on social media. All right, perfect. So welcome, everyone. This is episode four. Um, we're introducing a four-part series on love. Right. So the four different types of love nice. and they're um, basically we're so used to loving one type of way. But little do we know that there's actually different types of love. Right. And we kind of want to dive into that. And today we're going to be looking at the storge type of love. Uh, so what is storge? The storge type of love, it comes from a Greek meaning, Greek definition. Um, uh, in Greek, it's storge, but it means familial uh, family love. So the, uh, the type of love that you get through, obviously, the bond between a mother and a son or a mother and a daughter, between your parents, uh, your biological brother and sister. So it's mostly based on biology, natural affection. Uh, so in, in essence, it's like a deeper connection, right? So again, it describes family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children, brothers and sisters. And it's probably one of the strongest way of showing love within a family environment. Don't you agree? Yeah, so I feel like it's probably one of the strongest ways of showing love, especially within a Latino family. And uh, as you know, Oscar and I were both Latino, so uh, you know we grew up as you know by mother and uh, father <laughs> that are Latino. So and the Greek word storge kind of describes family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children, brothers and sisters alike. Yeah, so like let's dive into it, right? Like, yeah. um, obviously family love is the first love that we like that we uh, like are introduced to as soon as we're born right exactly like the moment we're born um we're again like in a family environment the type of love we get from our grandmothers our our grandparents our mom our dad uh brothers and sisters right um that's like the first kind of type of love that we're introduced so it's so important because it's basically the foundation of like your entire life exactly this is why we need to point that out like the fam um, family love is the first like love that you're introduced right and it's so important and th- again this podcast is about uh the chaotic times the chaotic environment and it's not that we're trying to focus always on the negative but it's so important to realize what the foundation of love is so later in life when we grow up we need to learn how to love properly right um again so many families are uh, so many children are being raised in abusive homes and homes that like maybe their parents didn't have love. So how do they know what love is? Right. But let's go back to, um, to the beginning. What do you think about the connection between a mother and its child? I feel I like know we're not like <laughs> women. Right. But like from what your mother has told you, what you've seen, what do you what do you what do you what have you deduced? Um, for sure. Like I would say like my my connection with my mother is really strong, probably stronger than I would say with my dad. And uh, I just feel the, I feel like it, it's just a deeper sense of love almost yeah. you kind of get when you get from a mother. Because, I, I mean, I guess as guys, I mean, it's difficult to say, right? But us uh, males, we don't really show love or like we're kind of more closed about our feelings, right? Yeah. But our mothers, you know, they're they're always there for us, right? They show us compassion, love. And I feel like, I think speaking from my personal experience, I think I learned love first from my family member was probably my mother she's the first one that showed me love and compassion right so it made me to the 
nice compassionate person that I am today. Yeah, like again for me, like um the like my mom would always tell me like that she she had this deep connection with not just me but like all her kids while we were in the womb. Like and that's pretty interesting with kids. It's not even like obviously she told me like once we were out she right. saw us right right but it's so deep and if there's any mothers listening to this like maybe you can help us <laughs> understand better <laughs> uh, and but from what she's told me like it's a it's like a it's almost like a spiritual connection like it's a deeper meaning connection that you can't really explain right like yeah. um i'm not saying everybody has it because you know their mothers that like you know give birth and they just give away their kids or, or you know like yeah. so not i don't think it's something that everybody feels but there has to be a deeper connection that's far beyond um, just like emotion. You know, it has to be almost spiritual in a way, right? Because it's not normal how a mother can feel this bond to something she hasn't even seen yet. You know, isn't that it's not interesting? Like it's yeah. I mean, like when you think about it, like you know, <laughs> when you're basically just in your mother's womb, your mother has this deep connection. Just not, I, I would say spiritual, but also like bodily too, because you know she could feel you inside her you know like yeah even to like just like a kick and you know, we kick in the womb yeah she can feel that and she's basically nursing you and she's within your body and you're you know you're growing in her body so i feel like personally i think that is like one of the deepest connections and like any human can ever have you know and yeah. that's why you cannot let it go because it's like you're within a person literally growing <laughs> yeah you know so I mean, I think it's just like kind of like uh, almost uh, uh, kind of like a symbiote love kind of, you know, like yeah. you need one and then another to like actually grow. And eventually, you know, you're able to go grow out of the cocoon and yeah, <laughs> spread your wings when you finally come out. You exactly. Know? And I saw that firsthand with my little brother and sister. Um, I was 16 when my mom had twins. Right. Yeah. And literally like the first day or two, um, like the my little brother, like when he opened it like he wouldn't stop looking at my mom like he, he was they were born prematurely too right oh, okay. yeah so i think it was like eight months or seven and a half so, so, something like that it was very premature right but what what was so interesting was uh like my little brother he was an incubator and then when they would open it to like to feed him he would look at my he would look at my mom and he would stare at her like he was in love <laughs> and that's how did he get it like yeah. that's unexplainable like uh, he didn't do it to the nurses or anything yeah. like how and and my mom would cry and then i would I, I saw that it was a witness to that you know it's amazing it's beautiful how that is i mean i think it's just deep you know like any child knows their mother's love right and i yeah. think like you know scientifically speaking you already know your mom because um mothers you know when they talk or when they sing mm. when you're in the womb they their know voices, right? they know your voice you know by then so i mean Maybe your uh, your brother already knew your mother's voice already, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's so interesting, and and that's a thing, right? Like that's all nice and beautiful, right? But what happens when you kind of grow into a relationship with your family, and maybe the family hasn't had that love themselves, right? Like there's one thing between being connected because you know you were born out right. of your mother, but that doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee you that you'll know what love is it doesn't guarantee that you'll be happy and it doesn't guarantee that like the relationship between you and your family is going to be good. Yeah. You know, it's just like the first stepping stone, right? Of like love of like, okay, I, we have this deep connection. I didn't choose you to be my mother. I didn't choose you to be my father. I didn't choose my brothers or my sisters, but the fact that we're united by blood, right. And, or by a deeper meaning, 
is like i kind of have to love you but I, it's because i want to because of that deeper connection right but can you elaborate more if you've seen like what happens after you know like i guess like the negative side of it when you start to grow you know yeah so i feel like uh like you said like it's the important stepping stone mm-hmm. right when you're in your um, early childhood stages and if you don't get the proper love i feel then that's when a big connection like uh of you know later in life you'll start like if you don't get familiar love from either of your parents then i think that's almost like a stepping stone into the wrong path yeah and you know you won't be able to love yourself you won't be able to love other people if you're never shown any love and i think if it's like the critical stages early you know got to show your your kids you know how, proper way how to love them bro yeah and nurture them because it's all about like you know love uh nurture nurture and nature right yeah and then the balance of the two then i feel like there's just it's just chaos you know for because the growing i it's some bro it's always been a theory of mine that like uh if our parents right yeah. or if parents have never known what true love is how can you teach love to your kids? You can love them because they came out of you or because you raised them, right? I completely am on board with that. In fact, that's our next topic, which is filial love. And it's kind of like a friendship bond. It's a bond, right? That you can yeah. form with anybody that's not your blood. But storge love, storge love, it's it's a bond that's almost by blood, yeah. right? It's uh, like, again, mostly thinking about parents, right? And brothers and sisters. So that's the thing, like, what happens when um your family has never lo- known what true love is they can only give you like that storge love but it will never transcend that it will never be more exactly and it won't even be useful at times because uh, just because a mother loves you uh it doesn't mean they are going to teach you good values yeah you know? and no all i think personally like if i would say something about that is i feel like for mothers and fathers, I think at a certain point, like, you know, your your natural instincts kind of kick in, you know, it's kind of like those mother, the mother bears and father bears, you know, kind of, yeah. like, kind of, you know, you protect your cubs, right? And, yeah. but you don't just protect them with love, but also like you show them love, you give them affection yeah. and it just kind of happens naturally. And I feel like it's a natural phenomenon within like the human race, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, if you don't show the proper love and guidance to your kids, then I think it can be toxic, you know, in certain cultures, right? So I know certain people feel like ownership over their kids, right? And they can like, control them yeah. at an early age, you know, supposed to be like, you know, certain duties of the family or have certain responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, like, you know, they just become almost like slaves. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. not like slaves, but like, you know what I mean, right? No, it's, it's we kind of we, we talked about this. Like, and it, it's... I, I want to say it's controversial, but I mean, we all know, we we all, if we look past our, our stubbornness, we all know this to be true, that a lot of our parents see us as like property almost, right? Yeah. And again, like it, it makes sense in a way because they did raise us, they did spend t- all that time. But I want to talk about more about like our culture, right? Because I don't know any other culture apart, apart from my own. And in our, our culture, I have noticed a lot of that, um, I want to say toxicity, right? Because... <laughs> It's that environment, and I can name like at least twenty people off the top of my head that have that trauma in their life, right? Because of this toxic environment. Again, it doesn't mean that our parents did bad or their parents did bad. It just means that they didn't know better. 
you know i've never been i think everybody has a story right apart from maybe like super serial killers even they have a story but maybe it's not worth for them to be told right at that point but apart from that everybody has a a story as to why they are the way they are they're bitter if they're you know they're like grumpy all the time it's because of something and that's what we have to be understanding right but it doesn't take away from the toxicity right and that's what i want to talk about right now at least in this segment like have you noticed um in our culture there exists that like ownership over the kids yeah. you know and i and i know people are going to get so defensive about their parents but if you look past that you know this is true like it's it's where like listen i gave you life you you do what i say yeah yeah you know and uh, i'll sp- i'll speak again from personal experience like <laughs> like i told you uh last time remember how my parents we had a store right growing up and uh i feel i felt like at times you know like not like it was child labor but <laughs> You know, at times, like, I, it, it felt like it because yeah. it's like I had no choice. You know? Like, yeah. I couldn't do certain school curricular activities because my devotion to helping my parents at the store was is always there. Yeah. Right. So I felt like sometimes I was more of an employee <laughs> <laughs> than a son. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I like you said, like, I so I did feel that toxic kind of environment where, you know, I, I didn't have a choice. You know, I couldn't um, do the activities other kids were able to do. And, you know, that, I mean, personally, like, I would never want any of my kids to go through that, you know, yeah. because I would want them to explore, like, anything, like, they wanted to do, right? Like, I wanted to join the baseball team. I wanted to join the soccer team. I wanted to join, you know, like, various sports teams, but I couldn't because of my commitment to my par- helping my parents in the store, right? So, as and one example, yeah. what about you? Did you have any examples? Oh, man, I honestly, I want to say this, right? Like, this topic is probably like 30 percent of why i wanted to do this podcast you know because i've seen too much like it's kind of like like maybe abuse uh um sexual abuse and maybe um emotional abuse it's something that's so prevalent almost like from everybody i've talked to like i can say like eight to nine out of ten people have been abused in, in those two ways right right and that's so the fact that so many people have been abused like that means that there's a problem so it's likewise a lot of Latinos that I've talked to are, are mostly like from back home, right? Apart right. from Western culture, have had this kind of toxic upbringing, right? Yeah. That we get by. Again, we get by. Like in, in regards to me, I, I don't. It was toxic in different ways, but overall, I, I'm not gonna. I can't say that I was super toxic. That I was. My parents did give me the freedom, but I'm gonna say this: I made them give give me my freedom. You know, yeah. I because again. They're followers and there's they're doers, right? Or yeah. followers and leaders, right? I'm not saying I'm a leader, but I'm saying, let's say when my mom yell at me, I'd be like, mom, I, I was literally a little kid. I'd be like, mom, like, if you yell at me, like, I'm not going to listen. You know, like, I, I will not do what you say. But if you if you tell talk to me, I promise whatever it is, even if I never have to see my friends again, like, I'll listen to you. Just don't yell at me. And right. ever since that, and my mom till this day, she she tells me she's like when you told me that she goes like I I, I understood you because I I I used to feel that when I was a little girl, and ever since then me and my mom whenever I would do something bad she'd be like listen mijo like this is what you're doing I'm like okay mom sorry okay. you know but if I would just be like okay mom okay mom you know then I, th- I don't think any lesson I would have never grown my mom would have never grown you know exactly so I think that's important too that kids also take command of their own life in a respectful way doesn't mean oh hey, mom uh yeah i'm gonna do you know, whatever like, I want. you know i'm gonna do whatever i want leave me alone it's my yeah. life like i never said it to my mom you know yeah. it was al- it was always like mom like just i'll do what you say just just talk to me like a human being you yeah. know don't yell at me don't throw the chancla <laughs> you know 
So what about you? Like no, well for me, like going back to the example, I would say like I would have to kind of like negotiate with my mom, I'm like mom, like look, I help at the store this amount like of days, like you know, just uh, if I go to like soccer, like practice or you know, in the tryouts, you know, they're only gonna be like an hour or two tops, right? And then I could come back, and you know, I can help out in the store. Yeah, you know, but I would have to tell like soccer is my passion, like I love it, you know, playing as a kid, and just growing up was just for me what I wanted to do so that's like how I kind of like had to navigate through that but that's one way but like another way was just kind of like uh you know like I know like every kid does this but like you know you would have to like clean the house before you would ask your parents <laughs> to get them in the mood <laughs> yeah, yeah to get them in the mood so like a form again that's another form of negotiation yeah. that I learned at early stages in my life that I had to be like okay like if I want something like you know you got to give something in return yeah so that was just one way I had to navigate as well. But um, I guess touching back to what we're talking about, like storage and like family love. I also feel kind of like within Latino culture, it's just kind of like, um, I guess it's a result of living with each other every day. You know, mm. it's uh, kind of this familiar love that, you know, it kind of just settles into, you know, each other's rhythm. Yeah. You know, and then like, it's kind of rather like, than a love at first kind, love at first sight kind yeah. of love, it just kind of happens, you know, mm -hmm. organically, and that's kind of the beauty of it too, though, right? Yeah, I feel like when you love your parents, if it's just because it happens, not because it's like like love at first sight kind yeah. of thing, you know, that kind of doesn't really happen. It just happens organically, like I said, and that's the beauty of it, you know. And that's the thing, right? Like um, when I said that this is the reason thirty percent why I wanted to start this podcast is because. Um, I've seen so much damage from that toxic type of storge love, you mm -hmm. know, where it's like, yes, you're right. Like my mom did give birth to me. She gave life. Yeah. But also like realistically, she's not God, you know, she didn't fully give me life, you know, like, <laughs> and at the end of the day, um, yeah. just like she's free to do what she wants now. Like I've always been free to do what I have to do. Right. Exactly. And again, in a respectful way, if I was like really rebellious, if I did it without doing bad stuff, I feel like my mom would have been more strict. I was actually a good kid too. Not all the time, but <laughs> because she trusted me. And, and, and I think that's what people need to understand. Like you got to be trustworthy to, you got to be respectful to get respect. Exactly. And you have to be trustworthy to be trusted. A lot of, I know vice versa. I know a lot of parents that like gave complete trust to their kids and those kids abused that trust. Yeah. But, and then I know the opposite where uh, the kids were really good kids and their parents treated them like garbage. So it's a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. So again, what this show is about, balance, right? So you have to not be rebellious, but not to the point where you're it, like giving all authority away. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because you don't want to be like a yes man, you know, like you know, exactly. the whole life, you know, you don't want to, you want to develop your own choices so you could actually, when you become an adult, you know, you have the liberty of choosing your own life, you yeah. know? And I feel like that's critical at, at an early age because if you don't have that, then you're going to be just a follower like the rest <laughs> of your life. And you're just going to, you know, if your parents are going to say, you know, become a doctor or an engineer when in, re in reality, you know, you don't want to be that, you know, you want to be, yeah. I don't know, you want to be an urban planner or you want to be uh, or a teacher, right? So yeah, exactly. Exactly. So follow your passions and your dreams at an early age. Honestly, man, it, it's just so crazy because I've seen that so much in people, right? Where it's like, you, I own you, you have to do what I say. Yeah. And the thing is, I know so many people and I've heard it that because they come to me, right? Which is why I'm even talking about this. That they say like, "No, Oscar, like, I have to do this because this this is the right thing to do." I'm like, 
No, it's not. Like saying yes to everything is not the right thing to do. Exactly. Like, it's what you're saying. Being a yes man, it would seem like it's the right thing to do, but it's not. And yeah. it, it comes from a good place and I commend those people, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good choice, right? Yeah. One thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you agree or not, is again, this can pertain to other cultures, but in our culture, our parents, our parents in general, are very like involved. Yeah. Even in everything. marriages and stuff. Yeah. Bro, Absolutely. I don't agree with that. Like, no. it, to, again, again, everything is balanced, right? Yeah. So whoever's listening to us, don't think that when we say I don't agree or so, that we're talking about 100%. Everything is balanced, right? So, exactly. But what I'm talking about is unbalanced in a chaotic way where parents get involved too much. Like saying, hey, don't let that guy handle your money. Don't let that guy do this. Don't let the guy do that. Like once you're married, once you live away from your parents, like you got to be a big boy, a big girl and start doing what you need to do to live your life you know like you can't be running back to pa- your parents all the time yeah. in fact i've seen uh, many relationships fail and marriages fail because their parents are too involved yeah yeah no, i don't know if you've seen that no, but i've, I've seen, seen it I've seen, I've seen it a few times yeah but then that's what the point like of what we're trying to say right trying to get command of like an at an early age well i know now if people that are listening you know just I would always like take it into account, like you know, if I ever had kids, give them authority to have them develop their own choices. Yeah, you know, a little bit of independence. Exactly. At the same time, though, you have to be stern. You know, you gotta give them guidance. But you know, touching back to what you were saying, though, it's kind of like I feel it's like kind of like that old school kind of mentality. Yeah, you know? it's like you know, you gotta be involved with everything. It's just, it's too toxic. You no, know? and yeah. I, uh, it's so common within Latino families. You know. Even within my family, you know, like everybody kind of, kind of has like fingers in each other's business. business you know, it's yeah. like you know, it's it's a really toxic kind of environment. And personally, like I would not like if I ever have kids, I would not want to get involved in their marriage. I mean, like yeah, I would give them like guidance, give them guidance yeah. you know, and like if they ever need like uh, I don't know, like um, just like any advice. Then personally, yeah, yeah I would t- I'll tell them. But at the same time, if I see something that like I don't agree with. Obviously, I'll, I'll still tell them that, no, like, I think that you should take command of your own money you know, or you should be in charge. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> you know, if it's a marriage, right, like at that point, you know. Yeah. It's it's a union. you know. So a union. Take, exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is why going back to like the main topic, the main reason why we're focusing on store store love. It's because it's a bond. Right. It's you, you can't you don't choose your parents in a marriage. It, it, you can't tell your mom like mom, like don't get involved and don't ever talk to me in my life. You still need their guidance and everything. But this is why I guess the main point is this. It's so crucial. I would say that storge love, right? is probably the most crucial type of love. Maybe not the most important one, but the crucial because it's the fundament. It's the main cornerstone of your building, right? That is your life. And you need that love so you can see love in other people. Because if you think that love is being abused by your parents or being abused by your dad or your mom or your brothers and sisters and you think that's love and you're going to grow up like that. It's the first type of love that you see, that you feel, and the first impression is going to be everything. And that's what you're going to grow up thinking. Like, oh my God, this is love. Love is being manipulated (laughs) and being told what to do and I have no say. That's love. You know, and genuinely, I know people that are 30, 40, 50 that genuinely think that to this day yeah you know and that is such a big problem you know yeah i know like honestly like like touching upon that it's just kind of like 
when you see that it just kind of it just shows you that you know kind of like the like they're kind of lost you know if you if you're following that kind of lifestyle so i mean for me i don't really agree with that but uh psychologically speaking though um when people do kind of fall and fall in love eventually you know romantically with somebody they kind of fall in love with the same trait as their parents mm. which becomes their uh, they, they end up uh which is common you know because they're the first adults in your life and you know they're the first adults to love you and vice versa and they kind of show you that love so if they kind of show you the wrong kind of toxicity love that's what you're going to find in a partner yeah. and then that's why like that's you crazy. said like, you see like people like 40 or 50 they're going to end up divorcing because eventually they're going to wake up and they're like yo this is not what i want exactly but <laughs> at that point it's kind of late because within the early stages mm. of life they were developed with that kind of love and, and that mentality it's so crazy that um what you're saying right because it's yeah. it's amazing that it's so true like the way that we're raised it's all we know you know like we can obviously see other situations like other families other people people's relationships um yeah. but it's so expected and it shouldn't be surprising that the way that you're loved is the way that you're gonna love you know there's it seems like there would be a lot of influence you know the friends you meet in school girlfriends boyfriends whatever but overall what you think love is what you see of love is going to be what you saw from your parents from the people closest to you right yeah that's like one of the first connections you make exactly and it's kind of established into you you know kind of into your roots almost right and that's kind of like the irony right of it right if you don't receive the proper love at an early age it can really mess you up and then you know people say you know this person has mommy issues has daddy issues right and i feel like yeah so yeah there is a correlation between that and so obviously when you look for a romantic partner you kind of stick to these principles and you look with it within a partner yeah right so that's why it can have a negative effect or a positive but the way you're loved at an early age is important because if not then it's just gonna be in chaos in your life and like you know in the show we try to get out of the chaos exactly right and so I mean, I, I would say one thing is, just, you know, if I ever have kids or an, and I advise anybody that ever has kids, like, you know, think about it, like, you know, your choices and give them the right proper love, you know, because it's going to be a big stepping stone in their lives and like, kind of shape them for their futures. So when you say give them the right type of love, like that's that's the my dilemma, right? Right. How are you supposed to give the right type of love if you don't even know what that type of love is? Right. So I guess we can kind of like, I guess, break down. Okay. Um, what, what I I guess ideal love is at least between, like uh, um families, right? And obviously it's like the typical stuff like respect, honesty, sincerity. Mm, obviously in a lot of families there's so many secrets. I never even knew this. Like, I've talked to many people and everybody has a secret. Whether parents to their kids, kids to their parents, and the number one thing is your parents are your best friends. Yeah. That's how you should treat them. Like. Again, there's a lot of things that I, I can't tell. Um, I couldn't tell my mom or my dad. But the moment I kind of broke that barrier and I invited my mom and my dad to be my friends, that's where I felt like they started to understand me a little bit more, right? They started to comprehend the things that I was going through, why I thought the way I thought, and stuff like that. When I made my mom my best friend is when she most helped me versus mm-hmm. when I was just, like, fighting with her. She was fighting with me, telling me what to do, me rebelling or or getting angry, right? 
when I introduced her, to, uh, when I kind of invited her to my life as a friend, that's where everything changed. Yeah. You know? And I feel like you're making that connection, right? Just kind of showing her, like, what's going on in your life. Because at a certain point in our lives, you know, growing up, I felt there was a kind of a disconnection with my mom just because I was growing up, right? So going into high school, I wouldn't be as open. Yeah. Because I was just growing up. I was, I had to, like, I, I felt like it was something I had to go through by myself. But now, like, you know, like in university, I've been way more open with my mom, right? Yeah. You know, up now to like my late twenties, like I'm, I'm very open with my mom. I can tell her anything, you know. Like I can come home and I feel confident enough that you know I could tell her anything, and that's a deep type of connection that you need to establish with your parents, because you know it's that kind of like symbiotic kind of love. You know, like you kind of need each other yeah. to grow and you know just be happy. You know, that's exactly. the type of love that you know anybody is looking for. And that's the thing. The most important thing. Okay, this is a four-part series, right? every part is going to have this main theme and it's that in order to love whether as a family member as a friend as a romantic interest you need to realize and understand the definition of love you need to understand what love looks like because what it looks like to you can be different to what it looks like to me so let's try to go over some like examples of that because right now anybody listening could be like yeah yeah, i love my kids they're my best friends right right but again just because they're your best friends it doesn't mean you love them you know it doesn't mean and it's the thing loving is one thing but is your love useful that's another thing too right like i can give birth to a kid oh not me but like you can give birth to a child and and uh, yeah like you pamper them up you know you take care of them you feed them but like and then and then when they grow older you just throw them to the curb (laughs) so what was that for you know right the most important part is to love them but is your love useful you know, like you pamper them. Again, there's the opposite side of it where it's, you get too much love, you know, too much love where you can't even grow because no. you're so pampered. You're so like princessed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and like uh, they treat you like royalty where you don't even know how to like make your own choices without like having your family to back you up. Right. And uh, again, I've seen many examples of that. So that's that would be my number one thing. So what would you say to people who was like okay I, let's say i don't know what love fully is where do i start or how do i look for it well i mean that's just an interesting concept what you just brought up right like is the love useful and i think like if you don't know how to love somebody i mean you should start within yourself at first love yourself first and then once you're able to take care of yourself and actually have that self-care self-love yeah then you're able to share that with other people and you're able to share those beautiful tendencies of yourself with other people and that's why, like, uh, like you and I, you know, we're able to open to our parents because, you know, we have this tendencies to be open and to share our experiences with our parents. Yeah. And so the same thing I would say to people, like, you know, have these, like, you know, like moments where you want to, like, just share with, you know, your loved ones and show them, like, you know, the proper kind of, like, forms of love that you experience and that you're going through in your life, you know. It, so then you can actually kind of, like, share whatever you're going through and then maybe they'll kind of give you some insight or some feedback and yeah so what do you think i i guess you for me i would work backwards i would i would look at the things that didn't work in my life you know maybe you can do the same right now like look at the things that didn't work i told you one of those things was my parents let's say when they would yell at me yeah it would never work like i don't remember one time being yelled at and i listened you know never once so what i would say is if you're gonna love someone, don't yell at them. You know, don't don't plain don't, and simple. Exactly, don't <laughs> yell at them. Number two, 
something I would say as well is to always want um, to be better yourself. Yes. So this is a concept we were talking about earlier. I I understood something that we really think that our parents or our family members are the most qualified people to talk to, you know? Yeah. And there's a difference between like the people that love you the most and being qualified. Like if I tell my parents something hard, they can see, they're going to see me as their little, like, like, oh, my mom will see me as her little boy, you know? Yeah. Give me 80 years old and she'll see me as a little boy, right? <laughs> as a little baby or whatever. But the thing is, how can you get qualified help or help, useful help, from someone that sees you as their child? You can't. You need, like, unbiased help. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you need, like, a, um, an objective view of your problems. So I understood that your parents aren't, or family members aren't the most qualified people to help you. They're not. Because... Yes, they know you, but what qualifies them? Just because they know you, they know your tendencies, that doesn't qualify them to help you. Because they might know you, but they don't know the, the people who are hurting you. They don't know the, the things that maybe you've grown out of or the things that you've added to your life that transcends your little family bubble. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'll give you an example. Like, I had, I had this thing growing up where sometimes when my dad would tell me that the way I think would be a little bit weird. He would always tell me that, right? Yeah. But it wasn't that, I, and, I, and for a long time, I'm like, maybe I am a little weird, right? Um, the thing is, but I understand it wasn't that I was weird. Is that everything in my life, I always think like that. What I just told you, I I I, re, I reverse it. So instead of saying I'm gonna go from A to B, I'm like, okay, I've seen people go from A to B, and then maybe C, and then they fall back to A. So then I reverse their steps. I'm like, how did they go from C to A? And that's how I do my thing. So I kind of reverse psychology. Or like I, yeah. I work in reverse, right? I look at the mistakes first, and then I, I do something, right? And then sometimes I get caught up in those mistakes. So then nobody really understands. But even even me explaining right now, I know it's a little confusing, but that's how my brain works. And my mom, it took her a long time to kind of understand me. And my parents, my dad, like at the beginning, he would always say, say that to me. And it was weird, but it's weird when you don't understand them. So it took yeah. a long time for them to, and I, don't, I feel like they're not fully there yet, but they understand me a little bit more. But I'm pretty sure if I went to somebody who was more qualified, they could have maybe given me an actual better analysis of what I'm saying. Do you understand? or is that Yeah, a, yeah. I mean, I, I, like what, I, what I'm kind of like understanding is that you kind of need somebody from the outside to understand where you're coming from, right? Yeah, your exactly. Whole yeah. And uh, at times, you know, your parents might have this kind of like narrow view of you because... Like you said, you know, they just see you as their little kid, you know, yeah. their, their little boy because, you know, they always had this uh, mentality of you. But then I also feel like it's kind of important, like what we were talking about earlier, kind of like you have to break out of uh, your own like parents, you know, and like not have them deciding, dictating your life. Exactly. You know, so then they that way they can see, you know, that you're becoming this mature adult, that you're becoming this mature person that can make their own decisions. Yeah. And so if they see that, then they'll eventually maybe get out of that mindset that, you know, you're their little boy. Exactly. So I think it, it can work both ways, you know, that, you know, you can grow out of that bubble. But at the same time, you know, you might need the outside perspective. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think like for me personally, I would say when you're looking for some love and guidance, yes, you could look for it in your family, mm -hmm. but sometimes you're going to need the outside help. Because exactly. you're gonna need that balance, right? And this, like, this show is all about balance, and yeah. you're gonna need that outside opinion. So. But let me—I I guess, like, 
right now like my brain just clicked and i think i, I can clarify the perfect example right okay it's i'll give you an example so to my parents and maybe to a lot of people listening to this mm. they see a problem and they go like you know what this looks bad let me just avoid it right yeah. i have this weird thing man where like i need to make sure that it's bad before avoiding it because what if it's not bad yeah. so um i'll give you an example i uh let's say like i i was in a situation where things seemed so bad clear as day right right unavoided like that you, i should avoid it anybody would have told me that in fact they did including my parents but the way i think is that the if i didn't go and check then the guilt of not checking would mess me up more than avoiding it so that i'll give you a, an analogy like if you see a person in the middle of the street just lying there right like would you go check and make sure that that person is dead or alive because they could just be passed out they could be sleeping they could be passed out or they could be dead you know or injured whatever if i just drive by maybe to other people they'll be like okay like it's not my responsibility right. but to me the guilt of driving by and not ensuring that that person was either either of those things is going to eat me throughout my life or more than than if i had stopped and maybe like see that person dead or 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 that you know do you get what i'm trying to say like yeah, that yeah. so so again to my parents they're like that's weird but to me like the guilt of not of not being not ensuring that this is wrong yeah. you know is it, it eats me alive and maybe to my family it was like but that's dumb because you didn't need to go check like, it's like you didn't need to and real and realistically they're not wrong like some of these things were obvious right but i needed to double check that's all so maybe to shorten it maybe it's that i need to, i need to double check things and to a lot of people they just need to one time check it you know yeah and that's why my parents didn't understand me growing up and they couldn't help me in fact few people could help me cuz they didn't understand that part of me where i need to make sure that this is fully bad so one day when people go like hey did you see that guy uh, yeah i checked i was there and he was hurt or he was whatever you know versus saying oh yeah like yeah yeah i don't know what happened to that dude like mm. yeah i could have done something like uh, that would eat me alive more but to my parents it was like that's weird you know so again my mom my dad they love me they have helped me but they didn't they couldn't understand me you know yeah. and that, that was so frustrating growing up man it was so frustrating but that's what i'm trying to say as much as you can have this connection like it, it almost transcends biology where it's like spiritual it doesn't mean that they, people can help you that's like the main point right what do you think no i, I agree with you and no uh, that was pretty deep but i'm not going to lie <laughs> but um like yeah like honestly like your connection with your parents can be so deep that sometimes they won't even understand you and it can be frustrating like for you it was pretty frustrating i understand so i think like it's just so like deep it goes beyond bio biology like you're saying you know it's, just, it's a spiritual kind of love and at times i guess we're kind of like so focused that we just want to look for that our, our parents love and guidance and advice that we don't you know see that sometimes you know we need to step out of that and kind of like get some outside help or exactly. an outside opinion right and i think that kind of can sometimes interfere within your life but then i think we have to establish that and know it like okay maybe sometimes going to my parents for guidance is not like the right uh road to take for this problem i have in my life exactly right so to get out of this chaos that i'm having right now in my life 
I need to go and look for like an outside opinion. Yeah, yeah. But before you do that, like you kind of need to become this independent thinker, you know, be able to establish that yourself. So that's like what I see from your personal experience, you know? Yeah, and it was so refreshing like a couple years ago, maybe like two years ago when I sat down like this with my dad and I was like, dad, like I did that because, and then I explained to him what I just explained to you. He looked at me and he literally like shed a tear. He goes like, he's like, I needed to know that. He's like, I didn't know that. Like, uh, you know, and maybe I, d- I had told I had told him that my whole life, but maybe it was a the situation. Maybe it was like the way I explained it. But like when he understood it, like he, it, every a lot of things changed, you know, because maybe we're all different. Just because I'm my son's uh, my my dad's son, right. it doesn't mean that like I'm like him. Same with my mom. Me and my mom have really similar attributes and characteristics. But even her, she she tells me all the time. She goes like, "It's been really hard to understand you," mm. and I and I really try to make it easy to understand me. But it doesn't work like that, right? And oh. it, that's what we're trying to get to. Like, as much as it's spiritual or, or or like a connection that you can't explain, it doesn't guarantee that it's useful. You know? Mm-hmm. It, do you have like any story or example? Like, do you do you agree? Like. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I can give one quick example, kind of like um, the love I received, you know, being the youngest in the family, I felt sometimes was more than my sister when we were growing up, you know, and she was the older sibling, though that's not the case now that we're adults, but I feel kind of like it was just more than it, like, uh, I felt like it should have been more even, you know, more mm-hmm. established, right? And I guess because my parents just saw me as like, you know, the little boy, the youngest of the family, right? The baby yeah. of the family, you know? Yeah. So I was given more of that love than, than my, my sister. And I feel like kind of like tracking back, it kind of goes into that kind of toxicity of in Latino families, you know, kind of like they see the youngest as like the most vulnerable. We got to take care of them, you know, mm-hmm. and we got to do this. But maybe sometimes I, now that I'm older and, uh, and an adult now, I kind of see it kind of hindered me in the, in the sense that, I should have been given more independent, you know, like a more independent role, like, you know, be able mm. to able to take care of myself. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's why my parents kind of gave me too much love and it was just not like the right way, you know. So maybe kind of like your case where like they didn't understand you. Yeah. They, I wasn't understood <laughs> that I should have been given more. Exactly. Independence, you know. And I think that bro, the, the first thing to transcend that would be, which is what my parents did. And I commend them for that. Right. Because I do feel like sometimes like th- there are things that I could wish could have been different, but the story's not yet over, right? Because we're I still have my parents, I'm still alive, so there's always time, right? And what they did is this is what they did, right? And I'm saying I'm not saying everybody should do that, but what they did is they refuge a lot of things in their faith in God. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. so, if they assumed or thought I was doing something bad or I was suffering, and they knew they couldn't help me, their decision wasn't to like like ship me out to like uh like another country or to 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 just like grab me and shake me and tell me that i need to wake up or be better they're they try to help me as much as they could when they saw that they couldn't then they basically just said you know what god like you're stronger than us like help my son and i'll be honest like i think it worked you know because uh, many times that they did that it, it would literally turn around you know, our our relationship would turn around and my life would turn around, right? And I want to end with um, two quotes, right? Which is what I'm trying to say about the usefulness, right? Uh, one of them is Paul, Pablo Escobar's mom, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, so we talk about this like that no matter what you do, 
like the, the connection is so strong that that like no matter what you do you can be the worst person in the world and your mom will always love you yeah. and i find that so fascinating what, do you know what her yeah, mom like said love love is blind kind of like yeah. kind of you know in that sense but like yeah pablo escomar what uh it's kind of like uh i remember writing it down here so she's like i pray to god to to no other mothers have to experience the pain i'm feeling i know my son wasn't as bad as they made him out to be i know they blamed him for everything bad that happened i want I want the good things he did to be remembered because he didn't do the bad things that they say that he did. As as a son, there will be never be anyone better. He was a noble man and not just a son. Not just as a son. Jeez. Like, and like, we, when you see that, knowing of all like these like atrocities this, this man did, you know? Yeah. The fact that his mom just kind of wants to look at the positive, it just kind of looks like that unbalanced kind of but I think she, I think she actually believes that he didn't do this, these things, man. That's why, like, love is blind, man. Almost, <laughs> you know? As a mom, you know, you're kind of like, like I said, like you, that mama bear kind of mentality yeah. where you, know, you just want to protect him at all costs. Exactly. Even though he's like one of the worst, you know, criminals in in the world. And it's so funny how she goes like, uh, there will never be anyone better, like. And the way she talks about him, like not even my mom talks about me like that. <laughs> like, you know, like that's crazy. That's that's so fascinating to me, man. And the the last one that I looked up, um, I looked up uh, Ted Bundy's mom, and right. I think that was even more fascinating. Like, so there's a journalist that basically got the confessions out of Ted Bundy. He was a serial killer. Yeah, he killed supposedly over like a hundred women or something like that. And and uh, obviously he got the electric chair, but that journalist journalist he got the confessions out of him and when he went to ted bundy's mom's house uh her name was is eleanor eleanor louise she there's two things that like creep me out so he says that when he was talking like sorry when he played the tapes she was listening and that throughout the some of the some parts of the tape she would just like start squealing like a mouse. What? Yeah, just squealing like you know, like <laughs> just squealing. Like like she, that's <laughs> what he says, right? Like that's what he says <laughs> that she was just squealing, and she, he says that he found it awkward. Yeah, and me then, too. <laughs> yeah, so, and she he says that in at the end of the tapes when she finished, she there was a moment of silence. She stood up. She says she clapped, and she goes like, hey, anyway, so does anybody want uh, coffee or any ice cream? What? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. So what I'm trying to say is like that love doesn't guarantee that the love you have is going to be good, useful and useful. It's so crazy, man. Like I guarantee that this lady obviously knew what she had heard, mm -hmm. but she, in order to not go insane, she literally had to like block everything she heard out, you know, because the love is just, the bond is, it's so like, I guess I want to say unbreakable, which if there was a moment where it felt like it would break, it means that you would literally lose your mind. You know, that's why these moms are in denial. right? Yeah. But I mean, I guess you could say these moms are delusional. Oh, a hundred percent. They're in their own world, right? That where they kind of just hundred percent, even though their sons made like the worst kind of like human, like violent activities, you know? Yeah. Especially Ted Bundy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, he was America's most notorious serial killer. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just so bizarre is that I think that it just kind of comes into that kind of mindset where I don't know how any mom could, could go. But like back coming back, it's kind of like, like you said, even though like when people ask what is like love in a family, it's that kind of unconditional love. Exactly. But 
it comes to a point where does it become useful, like you said? Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like you know uh, an underlying statement we're trying to make. You know, like that useful love should be kind of be more for like you know understanding. Like even though that these guys did one of the worst things in human history. You know, their mom should have acknowledged, you know, that the pain that they exactly. caused to other mothers, you know, and to other families. Yeah. So, I mean, to end this, I think like this is a nice way just to understand like the family love should be, even though unconditional, should be useful at the same time. Exactly. And how do you get that useful love? By, again, being humble, being sincere. If you don't know all the answers, if you don't have the answers, you look for them. You know, maybe if you're a person of faith, you kind of leave that faith to God and hopefully... You know, you don't depend on yourself, right? Because who exactly. taught you? Who taught you? Ask yourself this. And I want to leave you guys with this. Ask yourself this. Who taught me how to love? You know? And if you have a good, think you have a good answer, to be like, okay, and it, was that love useful? Right. Could it have been better? And if your answer is yes, then you have some work to do, you know? So I want to leave you guys with that. It's a wrap. Um, we'll see you guys for the next episode where we'll be talking about uh, friendship love, right? Which is philia. And we hope to, you know, that you guys enjoy this episode and we look forward to doing the next one. So follow us on our uh, social media channels, Instagram, Out of Chaos Podcast, on YouTube, subscribe, uh, like, the, like the, the, the video, like the episode, comment if you want. And again, give us any feedback. We welcome it. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on the next one. See you. Thank you.